it is that time of year again. Christmas music is on the radio. Christmas lights are popping up everywhere. Christmas trees are going up. And we, as Christians, start out the season of the church year that we call Advent. The word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus and means the coming of the Savior. It is a holy season of the Christian church that marks a period of expectant waiting and preparation for the celebration of the nativity of Christ, also known as the season of Christmas. Today is the first Sunday in Advent. And I want to thank the Braille family for lighting the first candle. Um, So it is represented by that first candle we call the candle of hope or the hope candle. The message we should be focused on is the message of a great hope. So I would like to talk to you just for a few moments from the subject, living with hope. What is hope? It is a term that can so easily be thrown around. I hope we have clear weather tomorrow. I hope we have a white Christmas. However, this is not the kind of hope that is represented by the candle burning brightly this Sunday. The hope represented by that candle is a much greater and a much grander hope. It represents the hope of an entire nation. It represents the hope of the entire world. It represents something that you and I often take for granted. And that hope is Jesus Christ. Hope is a gift of the Holy Spirit that with faith and love is an essential characteristic of the Christian. Hope works hand in hand with faith which is the cornerstone of our belief. For Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hope is what motivates us. It keeps us going. It is what we live for. Advent is all about hope. but hope isn't something that we can manufacture we can't just try to be more hopeful hope doesn't come with the power of positive thinking Colossians 1 and 27 says it's the Christ in you the hope of glory G.K. Chesterton wrote Hope is the power of being cheerful in circumstances that we know to be desperate. 
This is not easy. It is not our default setting. When we hit the brick walls, the first emotion that naturally arises is generally not hope. Am I right? Your first instinct is, woe is me. me. <laughs> Hope requires a strength that comes from focusing on a greater vision than what is wrong. We all need hope. If we didn't have hope, we would just give up. If we feel we had no hope for something better, then we would most often quit trying. Hope does not mean groundless expectation, but confidence in something yet to be within accompanying endeavor to reach it. Hope is based on the sure promises that God has given us in the Bible. We will see him. We will be like him. We will be with him forever. We have many reasons to hope and believe God that everything God has promise will be fulfilled. And I want to take a look at four of them today. First one, we have hope because God is with us. Matthew 1, 21 through 23 says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He is the with us, God, as opposed to the absentee God. God is with us. He's not absent. God is not absent. God became close and became vulnerable to show us who he is and who he has called us to be. Paul used the example of the altar to the unknown God in Acts 17 to show the people of Athens that God had come near and made himself known to mankind through Jesus. Jesus came as our prophet, our priest, and our king. As the prophet, he declared the word of the Lord. As the priest, He's making atonement for our sins as king. He's including us in his kingdom as we yield to his rule in our lives. God is with us and that gives us 
hope. It gives us forgiveness and final redemption through faith in him. Number two, we have hope because God is in us. So God is with us and God is in us, a personal advent. By faith, we are saved. So Jesus is alive in me. For John 14 and 23, it says, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Ephesians 3, 16 through 17 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I love how the language is interchangeable. We, when God is in us, we are in Christ. So if God is in us, we are in Christ. If we are in Christ, God is in us. John 14 and 20 says, all that day you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. That's something to be excited about on this morning. The word of God is so powerful and it will uplift you. You just got to read it. <laughs> There's so much good stuff in this book. You just got to read it and ask the Holy Spirit to interpret what it means. Because a lot of people shun away from reading the Bible because they say, I really don't understand what it means. But you got to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to understand what it is I'm reading. Amen. Or Bible study. Amen. Bible study. And prayer. Prayer. <laughs> Look at that. I like that talking back. Second <laughs> Corinthians 5 and 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. We are a new creation. Because God is in us, we have hope. Hope for heart change. Hope for life change. We don't have to stay where we are. Hope for the best. Amen. Yeah. Call those things that be not as though they were and believe God have faith and watch it work we have been transformed and we are being transformed into his image number three we have hope because God is for us Romans 8 31 to 32 says if God is for us who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give up all things? God declared 
his good intentions towards us in the words the angel spoke to the shepherd. Luke 2 and 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. God is for us and he wants us to know his peace. He has set his favor on those who trust in him. If you trust in the Lord, you have God's favor. He has our best interests at heart in all that he does, in all that he allows, in all that he doesn't allow. The first advent was the ultimate expression of how much God is for you. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again, and he's coming back again. Yes, Jesus is coming back again. Amen. And if we read our word, we'll know that time is winding up. And I remember when I was a little girl in the church, they would say, Jesus is soon to come. And now that I am old, it's closer. Jesus is soon to come. If we read some of the things that it states in the Bible, we will see the signs of the times, wars, rumors of wars. Jesus is coming back. That's a whole nother sermon in itself. The fourth point is we have hope because God is coming back for us. John 14 and 3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So God wants us to be where he is. But of course there are criterias. There are some stipulations that you got to do in order to go back. We can't live the way we want to live. We got to live according to the word of God and what the word of God says for us so that when Jesus comes back that we are going back with him. Because I believe the Bible says that those who have died in Christ will rise first. And we that are alive and remain will be caught up to meet Christ in the air. And I know now they're showing all of these things on TikTok, saying, where did all these people go? They're showing one by one by one. You can see that it's video edited. God is not going to come back and just take one and one. No, we're all going to be gone in one swoop. 
So that's another lesson we gotta, we, we, we gotta learn and know what is it we need to do to be prepared for the second coming of Jesus. Woo! I, I don't have any of that written here. But God is with us in a close, reachable way. He wants to show us who he is. And this is what the first coming of Jesus was all about. God with skin on. The word made flesh who lived among us. God's plan is to live in and through us. We can call on him in faith. He moves in and he changes us from the inside out. He is for us. He is on our side, wanting us to yield completely to him. And he is coming back in person, fully present in every way so that we can be with him forever. And this is why we have hope. This is why we do not give up even when times get tough. No trial of this life can separate us from the great love of God. Our hope is in the Lord and we have every reason to keep on trusting him. So the word for you on this morning, you have hope. I don't care what your circumstance look like. I don't care how down in the dumps you may feel. You must know that you have hope and God can change that circumstance. God can heal your body. God can do all things. So don't stay in that state of depression. Don't let depression dictate your destiny. Let hope in Jesus dictate your destiny. And walk with your head held high. Because there is a life lesson that you may have to learn and then share it with someone else who's going through that same exact thing. I always say, how can you minister to someone who's going through something if you've never been there? How can you tell me how to feel when my father is not here and your father is here? You can't because you don't know what it feels like. We can offer our condolences, but do we really know what it feels like? So sometimes we all got to go through so that we can help others. Each trial, each situation that each one of you are going through will help to build character and help you to minister to someone else. Those of you who were sick and you had that cancer demon and God healed you, you are a testimony to somebody else who now has been diagnosed with cancer. You're able to go and say, I've been there. I know what it feels like. But let me tell you, 
how you can get through this. That's why some of us may get sick. God will allow that to happen so that we can help someone else. There is hope. Let me close, let me close. I just want to share this story with you. I shared the same story last year. But this story is so relevant and it's worth repeating over and over and over. Years ago, there was a very wealthy man who with his devout son shared a passion for art collecting. Together they traveled around the world adding only the finest art treasures to their collection. Priceless works by Picasso, Van Gogh, and Monet, and many other adorned the walls of the family estate. The widowed father looked on with satisfaction as his only child became an expert, experienced art collector. But the day came when the war engulfed the nation and the young man left to serve his country. After only a few short weeks, his father received a telegram that his beloved son had been killed while carrying a fellow soldier to a medic. On Christmas morning, there was a knock at the door of the old man's home and he came and he opened the door and he was greeted by a soldier with a large package in his hand. He introduced himself to the man by saying, I was a friend of your son. I was the one he was rescuing when he died. May I come in for a few moments? I have something to show you. I'm an artist said the soldier, and I want to give you this. And as the old man unwrapped the package, the paper gave way to reveal a portrait of his son. Though the art critics would never consider the work a piece of genius, the, the, the painting did feature the young man's face in striking detail and seemed to capture his personality. The following spring, the old man became ill and passed away. The art world was in anticipation. According to the will of the old man, all of the artwork would be auctioned. The day soon arrived and art collectors from around the world gathered to bid on some of the world's most spectacular paintings. The auction began with a painting that was not on any museum's list. It was a painting of the man's son. The auctioneer asked for an opening bid. The room was silent. Who will open the bidding with $100? He asked. Minutes passed with not a sound from those who came to buy. From the back of the room, someone callously called out, who cares about that painting? It's just a picture of his son. Let's forget it and go on, into, go on to the important paintings. There was others' voices which echoed in agreement, but the auctioneer replied, no, we have to sell this one first. Now who will take the son? Finally, a friend of the old man spoke. I knew the boy, so I'd like to have it. I will bid the $100. 
I have a bid for $100 called the auctioneer. Will anyone go higher? And after a long silence, the auctioneer said, going once, going twice, gone. The gavel fell, cheers filled the room, and someone was heard to say, now we can get on with it. But the auctioneer looked at the audience and announced the auction was over. Stunned in disbelief, quieted the room. Someone spoke up and asked, what do you mean it's over? We didn't come here for a picture of some old guy's son. What about all these paintings? There are millions of dollars worth of art here. We deem that you explain what's going on. And the auctioneer replied, it's very simple. According to the will of the father, whoever takes the son gets it all. That's our message of hope. Whoever takes Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior gets it all. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the message we've heard on this morning. Every word in scripture points to the gift of hope that we have because of Christ Jesus. The Christmas story wasn't the beginning of that message of hope because the Old Testament is full of glimpses of your plan to redeem your people and restore them into a relationship with you. But we are able to truly begin to see and understand just how great your love for us is when we read the story of Jesus' birth in Scripture. Help us, God. Help us to see that you are with us, that nothing is too difficult, nothing is too messy, nothing is too dirty for you. Jesus came to give us the gift of eternal life through salvation that only you, our Heavenly Father, can give when we believe on your Son, when we repent of our sins and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, on that first Christmas, you gave us the gift of hope, wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Thank you, Father, for your immeasurable gift. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Let the church say, Amen. Amen.